like to speak about this morning is, is about one of the main practices which I'd like to introduce over this uh, week. It's uh, one of the meditations in the four establishments of mindfulness or the four satipatthana, which is actually the, you know, the basic template for Buddhist meditation. And that's a teaching which is very ancient, you know, which comes to us from Iron Age India. And it's the practice on the elements. And there's different versions of that, you know, the four elements, the four great elements, earth, water, fire, and wind or air. And then the five adding space to it, and the six adding consciousness to it. And we're just going to start with the four and then, you know, work ourselves up slowly. And I think at, in this day and age, this is a, is a practice which can help us, you know, to have a direct experience of the fact that our bodies and the body of the planet are one body. And that we are rooted into the planet just like a tree, but our roots are not visible, they are energetic roots. And, you know, if you go outside later and look at a, at a tree, how that is, like, rooted in the earth, you know, drawing up everything what it needs, you know, drawing it up from the earth and drawing it up from the biosphere, the, the air, and, you know, and the CO2, which we are also breathing out and producing, and taking all of that in and metabolizing it and then building up this body, of a tree, you know, and then it, it leaves and grows and at one point it's gonna rot back into the ground and that's exactly what our bodies also do. But because, you know, we have never been instructed to pay attention to our bodies in that way, we are not aware of it. But as soon as we are starting to look at it in this different way, it is very, very quickly available. That, that this is really the way it is, you know. And then we need to, through repetition and through digesting what we experience, it becomes part of who we are and it becomes much more available and it will start to inform the way we live and it will start to also make, make it clear to us, you know, how we can uh, contribute to the shift, which is... Uh, you know, making itself felt amongst our species, you know, that we are, there's more and more people who recognize that in order to, you know, respond to what's going on, we need to live differently. But then there's a lot of confusion about how to do that because the systems we are living inside of, they are very difficult to change, it looks like because there is no consensus about what needs to happen. Well, not enough consensus yet. And a lot of obstacles and a lot of um, polarization is going on as well. And in the middle of all of this, you know, coming back to the fact that our bodies and the bodies of the planet are one body can really be extremely helpful, you know, to give us a sense of grounding, a sense of belonging, and also a source of guidance, which, you know, is flowing through nature and flowing through us because we are part of nature as well. 
but because we have not been educated and brought up in that way to really connect and trust that intelligence, which is not the you know, dualistic thinking mind, but a different form of intelligence, we need to train ourselves to be able to connect with it. And all of the unfinished business, you know, which becomes conscious in that work. Because we are a very young species and we are the youngest species on the planet. And we are simply young, you know, young and inexperienced, immature, very self-absorbed, very you know, we have a lot of difficulties with emotions and they are just like, you know, like a seven-year-old kid, you know, who can, can often hardly control themselves, you know, if they want something, they want it now. And uh, at the same time, we have these very powerful technologies at our disposal. You know, and we don't really have the ethical maturity to, to deal with them, to handle them. So there's a lot of uh, things going on, you know, which really require us to, to grow up. And, you know, I've looked it up one, one time that uh, the average lifespan of a, of a species on this planet is about 2.7 billion uh, million years before it goes extinct, and our own species is about 200,000 years old only. So if we think, you know, 2.7 million years is a 100 years, then our age would be seven, you know, as a species. So once we take that in, you know, we there's a, a sense of, okay, it makes actually make sense, you know, that we are so... Um, struggling, you know, with everything. Because we are young and, and we haven't been really uh, taking that in because our belief systems, our narratives were telling us, you know, that we are, we should strive to become masters of nature by extracting and producing all of these machines and technologies which will, you know, make sure that we are endlessly comfortable. And in that process, we have created a lot of havoc. And the time has come, you know, for us to, to really put one and one together and see that. And that's actually a great good fortune. Even it's, it's quite messy, you know, but it's also very good that we do recognize it. And that we do take an interest, you know, to become more realistic in the way we live and to do things differently. And, you know, the Buddha is on record that in the night of his awakening, he has been touching the earth and asking the earth, you know, to be his witness. And often, you know, there are Buddha statues with the earth touching mudra. This Buddha doesn't have it. But usually, you know, where one hand is, is in the fearlessness mudra or maybe in the, you know, meditation mudra, and the other hand is coming down over his knee, touching the earth. And then the earth was responding, you know, in the form of the, the earth goddess, uh, which is called Prame Torani in Thai. 
and she has like very long hair and uh, wet hair and then she takes her hair and she squeezes out the water and the water which comes out of her hair washes away all of the distractions, all of the maras, you know, which have come to the Buddha as he was practicing. And I think in a, in a way we can see that as a simile for our own species. This Buddha was also a human being like us. He has, you know, been able to realize the highest potential our species can realize. And we can just follow that path, you know. And for us, it would be the same, you know, to ask the earth to be our supporter in this process. And if we are doing this practice on the elements, that's the way how the earth can support us besides giving us everything else, food, drink, breathing, everything. So, and this practice is, you know, is not telling us what the elements are. It's not a descriptive practice, but it's, pres it's prescriptive. It gives us a method, you know, how we can experience it directly for ourselves, beyond words, in a direct experience in the body. And, you know, the body can be compared with a riding animal for consciousness which we are borrowing from nature and we look after it and we use it and then at the end of our lives, you know, it's time to give it back and then we give it back. So that's, you know, the essence of this element practice and just without uh, further ado, just let's, let's do it. So, you know, please find a posture you can sustain for like a good 30 minutes or so. Really, it is not about working hard, but it's about being here, you know, and allowing your mind to attend to what is being said. And they are like signposts, those words are signposts. And then allowing your mind to respond. We don't have to push the mind, the mind knows how to respond. <coughs> And this practice, besides you know, giving us a direct experience of the elements, it also brings home to us the concept of uh, emptiness or not-self. That you know, nothing whatsoever on this planet, our bodies, the trees, the cars, the planet itself, they all don't exist from their own side, but they are dependently arisen and they are impermanent, they are unsatisfactory, and they are empty of a self. So allowing your breath to take you into the body
just allowing the body to settle down. Dropping down, just as the rain is dropping down from the sky. And allowing you know, any tensions which are there, to allow them to drop into the ground. And when you're breathing in, you know, breathing in the stability of the earth beneath us, which is, you know, permeated by the rain, which is sinking into the ground as we allow our bodies to sink down. And whenever you know your mind wanders off into thinking, just gently coming back to the direct sensing of the gravity which pulls us towards the planet. And then as we are breathing in, the movement, imagine you're breathing in also the stability. we can sense. And I'm going to guide us in a series of body scans and you know, you don't have to experience anything in particular, just let happen whatever wants to happen. It's a, a skill which we, you know, can, through repetition, it gets more and more available. Then, you know, we start by just tapping our teeth together once or twice and sensing the hardness of the teeth. That's the direct experience of earth element. Hardness as opposed to softness. Structure. And we can experience that in particular in the body, in the bones, and the nails and the teeth, which are considered the tips of the bones. We just start by scanning down from the crown of the head, you know, being aware of bones, hardness, earth element. And not thinking about it, just allowing it to fill your mind as you're hearing it. And just, you know, if you have never done this kind of a practice, you have some patience and allow the system to attune. We're going to have several of those meditations over the retreat, so it doesn't need to immediately be all clear. Have patience with that, make space for that to become clear when it does. And then we sweep from the crown of the head, 
down to the neck, bones, hardness, earth element. And from the neck we are coming to one shoulder, bones, hardness, earth element. Upper arm, bones, hardness, earth element. Lower arm, bones, hardness, earth element. And hand, bones, hardness, earth element. Then we come to the other shoulder, bones, earth element. Upper arm, bones, earth element. Lower arm, bones, earth element. Hand, bones, earth element. And then the torso with the spine and the rib cage, bones, earth element. The pelvis, <coughs> bones, earth element. And then one upper leg, bones, earth element. Lower leg, bones, earth element. Foot, bones, earth element. And then the other upper leg, bones, earth element. The lower leg, bones, earth element. Foot, bones, earth element. This whole body is permeated by earth element. Earth element internally in the bones, teeth, and earth element externally, the rocks and mountains, and the forest floor is exactly the same earth element. Earth element is empty, empty of a self. And if we don't ingest earth elements through eating for about one or two months, the body is going to shut down. It cannot exist without, you know, constantly ingesting and letting go of earth element. It's a rhythm a cycle. And we never cut the umbilical cord towards the planet, towards the biosphere.
And you know, in order for earth element to be able to form a body, it needs to also have cohesion. And that takes us to the next element, which is the water element, which stands for wetness, flow, and cohesion. Like we are putting, you know, flour and water together into a dough. And we can experience that water element, in particular in the soft, fleshy parts of the body, which are permeated by liquids such as blood and others. Now we can sweep up, you know, from the bottom of the feet, flesh, water element. Then the lower legs, flesh, water element. Upper legs, flesh, water element. Pelvis, flesh, water element. Torso, flesh, and all of the organs inside, water element. The hands, flesh, water element. Arms, flesh, water element. Shoulders, flesh, water element. Neck, flesh, water element. The head, flesh, water element. This whole body is permeated by water element. Water element internally and water element externally is exactly the same water element. Water element is empty, empty of a self. And if we don't you know, drink water element for like five days or so, the body is going to shut down. So the water element, you know, which is raining down at the moment from the sky or in the rivers and oceans, lakes, the ponds out there is exactly the same water element. There's a constant exchange happening. We cannot say which is internal and external. We can't say this is mine and this is not mine. And in order, you know, for water element to be forming a body, it has to have a certain temperature. If it's too hot, it evaporates. If it's too cold, it freezes.
and takes us to the next element, which is the fire element, which stands for temperature, hot and cold. And we can experience it on the skin. For example, you know, under the arms, we can sense the warmth, or in the mouth, maybe, on the palms of the hands. And again, you know, we're sweeping down from the top of the head, skin, fire element. And then coming to the neck, skin, fire element. Shoulders, skin, fire element. Arms, skin, fire element. Then hands, skin, fire element. Torso, skin, fire element. Pelvis, skin, fire element. Legs, skin, fire element. And the feet, skin, fire element. So this whole body is permeated by fire element. Fire element internally, and fire element externally, which comes from the sun, is exactly the same fire element. Fire element is empty, empty of a self. And these bodies of ours, you know, they can only really operate in a certain temperature range, which we can extend through housing, closing and heating, but it's limited. And, you know, warmth, a heat, is the result of friction. And that takes us to the next element, which is the wind element, which stands for movement, expansion and contraction. And we can directly experience it through the breathing process. Breathing in, body expands, breathing out, the body contracts a little and we're breathing in the oxygen which is produced by plant life And if we don't breathe, you know, for three to seven minutes, the body is going to shut down. 
So this you know, meditation can bring home to us that we can never cut the umbilical cord towards the biosphere all around us. And these bodies, there is no real boundaries. The skin is just an optical boundary, but it doesn't really seal us off from the biosphere. The skin is just an organ. It breathes, it also it excretes sweat and other liquids. It's an organ. And, you know, this meditation can help us to shift the perception. into a more realistic perception. You know, showing us our deep interdependence with the body of the planet and the biosphere around it. And that we can't really pin it down where we start and where we end. And that what we do to the biosphere, we do to ourselves. And then you, know, you might like, you know, really experience the mind scrambling for some kind of foothold and just allow it to scramble and don't be intimidated by that. That's exactly the work, you know, which needs to be facilitated now for our species to be in that scrambling, to not turn away from the trouble, to stay with the trouble. and to allow the intelligence of that process to take its course. Because this planet is a self-regulating system, which we can bow down to by no longer trying to master it. Because we don't have that intelligence because we are just a little part of it. So as we are doing this practice, you know, there's like cracks opening up in the old narrative and somehow the light comes through. And just allowing that to happen, that's all what we need to do. And trusting in the power of nature, which is so palpable here in this place, you know, to work with us, to help us, you know, to 
shift our internal assumptions about who we are and what planet Earth is and all of that outmoded worldview which is showing a lot of cracks these days. And which is in the process, you know, of transforming. And the crisis, you know, the climate crisis is speeding up that transformation. And, you know, rather than turning away and wanting it to go away, we are just inviting it to inform us, to, you know, to really enter our form through that practice and change us. This data flow, you know, which is happening all the time, to really start to attune to it, to resonate with it, and be changed through that, like tuning an instrument. We don't have to figure it out. We just have to stop insisting that we can. And, you know, coming back to the ground. Like coming home. And really sensing that solidity of the earth. You know, which is patiently waiting for us to recognize her power. She can take us all the way, you know, not only as, as a, 
you know, human being who needs to eat and breathe and drink and all of those things. But also it can, she can show us the liberating principle of emptiness or not-self. The dependently arisen body of the earth, we are now, which is consisting of stardust, which started to come together into a clump over four billion years ago. And these bodies, which are very similar, just much smaller, same process. Dependently arisen. And in our case, you know, we do have human bodies because there's ignorance. And as long as there's ignorance in the mainstream, the mainstream will always again and again attach to a body to have experiences, to learn and grow.
So that's a really new way of knowing oneself and you know, having the, the patience and the willingness to stand on the threshold of a new way of being in the world through you know, allowing ourselves to be changed by these practices which are so ancient and which are now you know, taking on like a real great importance at this time as we have, you know, reached the limits of what the biosphere can support here. Very different than how it was when the Buddha was around. But nevertheless, the teaching is the same. It's just we have this new situation, you know, which makes it even more urgent than before. Urgent to slow down and look again at our experience in a very different way than usual. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.